0: Good morning. morning. Today's scripture reading is from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, the seventh chapter, the 32nd to the 40th verse. The reading is also in your bulletin. If you are able, please stand for the reading. I would like you to be free from concern. An unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's affairs, how he can please the Lord. But a married man is concerned about the affairs of this world, how he can please his wife and his interests are divided. An unmarried woman or virgin is concerned about the Lord's affairs. Her aim is to be devoted to the Lord in both body and spirit, but a married woman is concerned about the affairs of this world, how she can please her husband. I am saying this for your own good, not to restrict you, but that you may live in a right way in undivided devotion to the Lord. If anyone is worried that he might not be acting honorably, toward the virgin he is engaged to, and if his passions are too strong and he feels he ought to marry, he should do as he wants. He is not sinning. They should get married. But the man who has settled the matter in his own mind, who is under no compulsion but has control over his own will, and who has made up his mind not to marry the virgin, this man also does the right thing. So then, he who marries the virgin does right, but he who does not, marry her does better. A woman is bound to her husband as long as he lives. But if her husband dies, she is free to marry anyone she wishes, but he must belong to the Lord. In my judgment, she is happier if she stays as she is. And I think that I too have the Spirit of God. This is the word of the Lord.
1: We are continuing our our study of Paul's First letter to the church in the city of Corinth. We're uh, we're done now, uh, at least for this year. For the seventh anniversary is over uh, celebration, and now we are into the uh, um, we are into the, uh, 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 the back to our systematic study. Uh, so we are we are studying. Uh, the last time we looked at the 25th to the 31st verse of the seventh chapter, where we read. Uh, now about virgins. I have no command from the Lord, but I give a judgment as one who by the Lord's mercy is trustworthy. Because of the present crisis, I think that it is good for a man to remain as he is. Are you pledged to a woman? Do not seek to be released. Are you free from such a commitment? Do not look for a wife. But if you do marry, you have not sinned. And if a virgin marries, she has not sinned. But those who marry will face many troubles in this life, and I want to spare you this. Shared before, I share now. It's clear that Paul is responding to a question uh, that we don't have record of, but he's responding to a question uh, raised by the church, and he's just not launching into a rift on virginity and uh, being singleness. It's like, oh, yeah, I got nothing else to talk about. Let me talk about uh, uh, being married and, and, and virginity he was offering practical advice given the things that were going on at the time. Uh, If you're single, stay single. That's just, he was just offering practical advice. Just just see it for what it is. If you're single, stay single. Okay, but wait, wait. Then and now somebody might raise their hand and say, I don't have the gift of celibacy. That's wonderful. I don't either. Paul addresses that. If you've been to, you know, as I shared with uh, uh, Cyrus, he's not here today, but if you've been to Jared and you're engaged, or if you are married, that's okay. I'm just trying to help you out. I'm just trying to give you some, some fatherly, spiritual wisdom. Uh, those that are married will face many troubles in this life, and I'm just trying to help you. Uh, he's just writing about the obvious. Anybody that's married already knows this. You're not, I'm not, this is not a revelation. It's like you just, you just know that in a marriage relationship, issues arrive. It just, I mean, you could be by yourself on a desert island. You're gonna, issues are gonna arrive. Uh, but, but when you're in a marriage relationship, that's two people, and it becomes exponential. It's not just additive. Uh, so there's, issues will arrive. Uh, so if you marry, you're gonna face many troubles. Period. Full stop. So Paul continues um, in the 29th verse, What I mean, brothers and sisters, is that the time is short. From now on, those who have wives should live as if they do not. Those who mourn as if they did not. Those who are happy as if they were not. Those who buy something as if it were theirs to keep. Those who use the things of the world as if not engrossed in them. For this world in its present form is passing away. Shared then, I share now. This was written two millennia ago, and there's both a, a there was a contemporary aspect to what he was writing, and there's an eschatological, an in time uh, aspect to what he was writing. He's not advocating behaving as a single person if you're married. You know that that's a sure sure sign or surefire way of ending in divorce. Oh, I'm married, but I'm going to act like I'm single. Uh, I'm not even sure I'd counsel you. It's it's just like no no no. <laughs> if you're married, you need to act like you're married. That, that's that's that he's not saying that he said, but what he is saying, just understand that the world in its present form is passing away. So he talked about in the previous section, it was a practical advice, if you will, in this section right here, the 29th to the 31st verse, he's really offering a, an eschatological view. He's like, I'm trying to give you reason. If you look at the whole seventh chapter, I'm talking about relationships both vertically and on the horizontal. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to unpack this for you. So I'm going to come at you, Paul is saying. I'm going to come at you different ways. Um, we have a season. As I said, this is a, this is, this is a, a seasonal time. This period, it's, it's a seasonal time. He's not talking about, well, you know, you got so many calendar pages. It's like, no, the season of life. The amount of time that we have to do what we've uh, been allowed to, to do, uh, it, it's, it's scary short. It's really scary short. I know when you're 20-something or when you're a teenager and you got the world before you, Yeah, you haven't even gone into college, and you got, you got the whole panorama. It's like, man, I got time is never, time's not a factor. Just wait till you get to be 61. Right. Right. Then you look back on the other side, it's like, time is winding up. Oh, pastor, don't talk like that. I'd be a fool if I didn't talk like that. It's like, like, I got this much time. I need, I, need to, I need to package my behavior. I need, to, I need to align my behavior in a certain way that, that, that respects the amount of time that I have left. If I'm getting ready to get, I mean, tell me, let's just think it through. Let's be reasonable. If I have a plane to catch and, I'm, and it's at a certain time, I can't be lollygagging around roasting marshmallows. You, you've got a plane to catch. Are you going to catch the plane or are you going to roast marshmallows? You can't do both. You can't do both, and that really is where it, it, it comes down. Not Sister Meeks; she, she she calls this physical space uh, her 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 mistress or my mistress, her 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 competition, if you will. It's like there ain't no competition. It's like my my, my my priority, my number one, is Sister Meeks. But that that's 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 you that's that's for me to balance, because I am in ma- I'm in a marriage relationship. So I can't behave like I'm I'm I'm, a, I'm I'm a celibate priest and I'm I'm here full time and I got nothing else to do and it's just, I would be single. It's just like no, no. Sister Me said, well you just go ahead have a nice life. It's just like you know she's a whole woman, trust me. So she's no no. So as the old catechism goes, our chief end, our chief purpose, should be to glorify God, and to enjoy Him forever. So what Paul is essentially saying is, how can we be the best Christ follower possible? How can, that is really what he, that in this whole seventh chapter, how can we be the best Christ follower possible? So today, uh, after addressing the, the practical, and as I shared, the eschatological aspects of accomplishing that in that context of being married or being single, He goes for, as I like to say, the spiritual jugular, the heart, the core, and he begins at verse 32. Um, I would like you to be free from concern. An unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's affairs, how how he can please the Lord. But a married man is concerned about the affairs of this world, how he can please his wife, and his interests are divided. An unmarried woman or virgin is concerned about the lord's affairs her aim is to be devoted to the lord in both body and spirit but a married woman is concerned about the affairs of this world how she can please her husband i'm saying this for your own good not to restrict you but that you may live in a right way in undivided devotion to the lord i read it that way i read it slow it's pretty self-explanatory it just, it's just like, you know, it's like there should be, if I were to ask, I'm not right now, uh, any questions? It's like there shouldn't be any raised hands. It's like, did you, you understand the king's English. But what I do want to point out is look at the repeated use. As I always say, when you words are repeated, it's there for a reason. So look at the repeated use of the word translated concern. Paul uses five times this word, translated concern, as a noun and a verb in just Uh, 32, 33, 34, three verses, five times. You think he's trying to make a point. Uh, He's not being redundant. He's driving home the point. What is the point? That you may live in a right way in undivided devotion to the Lord. That is Paul's point. What does that mean? Or better yet, what does that look like? glad you asked. Uh, Y'all recall the story of Martha and Mary, two sisters that, along with their brother Lazarus, they were very close to Jesus. Uh, And we read, uh, as Jesus and his disciples, this is out of Luke, uh, were on their way. He came to a village where a woman named Martha opened up her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her, I could just see her with her hands on her hips, and just like, sit and, and a little sway in the neck. Tell her to help me. I, you need to know that the preparations were necessary. It says it right here. They had to be made. And Martha is jamming up Jesus, saying, tell her to help me. Uh, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You're worried and upset about many things, but a few things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. There are good things, there are better things, and there are best things. What Martha was doing was good. It was necessary. Uh, but Jesus makes it clear. If you ask me what uh, should, uh, Mary should be doing, she's doing the best thing possible. I hear you. I, I hear you. If Jesus were the one teaching, I'd be doing the same thing Mary's doing. Right? That's, that's what you would be thinking, right? Would you? I mean, really, would you? Would, would you? Would you? Well, if Jesus were here, boy, yeah, but if Jesus were here for an extended period of time, it's like, well, I'll catch him next week. He'll be here next week. Oh, he'll be here next week. Why? Right? It's like so. So really, let's not let's not duck behind that. it's like, well, see, if if Jesus were here, see, this is just it's just Pastor Meeks, or this is just it's just Pastor Nate, or Pastor Budget, or Pastor. It just it's like, no, no, no. Uh, would you be doing the same thing? So what does it mean? What does it mean to live in a right way? And undivided devotion to the Lord. See, I can appreciate the, the Corinthian church. See, a lot of times, and they 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 deserve their 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 the 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 criticism that they rightly deserve. They they do deserve that. I mean it's doing some squirrely stuff. And and under the heading of we're just we're so wonderfully tolerant. It's like, no, you're just squirrely. You're 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 squirrely. Um but they're flawed and they're asking questions about what does it look like to be a genuine Christ follower, and Paul gives them this entire seventh chapter of his letter on relationships to God and to each other. So, I got a question. What would life, our life, your life, look like if, and you know I always say, that's a big if. Two little letters swings a big gate. What if we began with God, what do you want with my life? Or how can I give you the absolute best of the years I have? You've heard this story. Um, i share it again. Uh, 33, 34, starting to blur right now. Not quite sure what age, but I just know it was a Thursday night. and It was a Thursday evening in a, in a worship service at a small church in uh, the Natomas area. And uh, Spirit of the Lord moved, and uh, all I can remember is being, uh, I know it sounds humorous now, it was was deadly serious then and now, Uh, just balled up in a fetal position. It's like, God, whatever you want me to do, I'll do. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do. I meant it then, I mean it now. Nothing's changed. He hasn't changed, why should I? uh what whatever you want me to do i'll do see that's what i said then and hopefully that's what you see lived out now why does pastor meeks do what he does why just if you if you ever just wonder why why does he do the the things that you 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 kindly comment about uh, the the time uh, spent in relationship, the time—it's a big deal for me, really is. Passing out uh, programs at the beginning of worship, uh, the time to uh, uh, spend on a on a Saturday in men's fellowship when I could be doing something, any number of things. Uh, but but why? Because at a certain point in my life, I reconciled with God. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do. I wish I'd asked that question or said that statement when I was 17 or 16. How much further along would I be? How much more? Uh, Have I been perfect? Nope. Uh, But from the bottom of my heart, that has been my... uh, my North Star. Um, how do we live? How will we live? Um, am I married? Yep. Do I have the gift of celibacy? Nope. Uh, how do I live in a right way in undivided devotion to the Lord? So Paul concludes his discussion, as we start to conclude, by providing clear direction in answer to, to that statement, beginning in verse 36. If anyone is worried that he might not be acting honorably toward the virgin he is engaged to, and if his passions are too strong, and he feels he ought to marry, he should do as he wants. Man, that's great liberty. That's, that's, that's great clarity, that's great liberty. He is not sinning. Oh, wow, I shouldn't get married. I, I should just go off and do many... Mini- God call you to do that, or are you doing that? It just, just, uh, they should get married. But the man who has settled the matter in his own mind, who is under no compulsion, but has control over his own will, and who has made up his mind not to marry the virgin, this man does the right thing. So then, he who marries the virgin does right, but he who does not marry her does better. Good, better, best. Um, A woman is bound to her husband as long as he lives, but if her husband dies, she is free to marry anyone she wishes, but he must belong to the Lord. In my judgment, she is happier if she stays as she is. And parenthetically, almost like a gotcha, and I think that I have the spirit of God. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm closing. Uh, if you really dig deep, and I encourage you to, and there's still more books in the, in the fellowship hall for you to dig deep. Uh, Paul uh, there's a lot of back and forth on what Paul was saying. A lot of theologians, uh, well, is he talking about male virgins, female virgins, men, women, uh, w- uh, w- uh, w- uh, fiancés, uh, uh, and I just want to give a forehead slap and say, gee whiz, I mean, gee whiz, you know. That's, that's analyzing the one side of the bark of a tree. Uh, that's, that's I mean, when you're in seminary, and if you really want to tease those things out, that's, that's wonderful. Do that do that. But the forest is the the forest is uh is it the issue is giving God the highest level of devotion we are capable of giving. What is the highest level of devotion I can give God given where I'm at? For some I uh, um for some uh marriage Passion. Uh, let's just put it this way: for some, celibacy is not an issue. Psst, you know, I just—not that I—I—I—I I'm, 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 don't have an issue with the opposite sex. I just, you know, it's just—it just doesn't. That's not where I'm at. That's 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 wonderful. That's wonderful. That's 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 wonderful. That's one. But but fully fully understand that's that's a minority view. Most people don't have that gift. Most, most people don't have that gift. There's everyone else, including me. Uh, there are others that want, they desire, they pray to be in a marriage relationship. Mama said, mom, this is what Mama said, uh, that there was a lid for every pot. Uh, so Mama said, Mama was wrong. That, you know, if, if at least if we look on the horizontal for lids to the pots. We own pots now, and if you look in our cabinets, <laughs> ain't no lid to it. <laughs> I've given up, I've given up, that's what I'm saying. I've given up looking for the lid. It's like it don't exist. That's gone, that's gone. But I keep the pot. <laughs> That'll preach right there. I just, uh, <laughs> That's great, Pastor Meeks, about your pots and pans. (laughs) Uh, But what do you do in life? What do you do in life? I've shared this story I share now. Uh, Four years. Four years. I had uh, nothing I chose. God chose. Literally, God chose. Four years of uninterrupted devotional time with the Lord. Four you hear what I'm saying? Four. (laughs) Four years. I was I was pursuing relationship at the beginning of the four years and it was ending in disaster after disaster. And got into one situation and my prayer, my my plea to God was, God, if you get me out of this situation. I'm as sincere as a heart attack. I just said, if you get me out of this situation, I promise I'll never, you'll never have to bail me out of this one. So far, so good. Four years. Uninterrupted, no lid, devotion to God. Four years. Brother, I said four years. <laughs> Did I tell you I didn't have the gift of celibacy? Four years. Four years. Four years. years. Oh, no, Pastor, I get it. No, you don't get it. You don't get it. You don't get it. See, and it's not even about, I'll keep it G as Pastor Campbell would say, it's not even about the consummation of uh, the relationship. It's just being in fellowship with somebody. Somebody to hug. That's why I love my sisters so much. Because of the situation too often, no fault of your own, you play by the rules. And you end up where you're at. I've been where you are. I've been exactly where you are. And you question yourself. You question God. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. That's what the evil one would say. It's not worth it. Just line up and do what the world does. I'm here to tell you. I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll, let, me, let me just close with this. I'm like the, uh, the psalmist. I once was young. And I'm old. I've never seen God, I'm paraphrasing, I've never seen God abandon his children. and uh, write the story that God has for us, we'll get ourselves in a, in a big, big bushel of trouble. But if we will allow our North Star to be, what is the highest devotion I can give God? It will radicalize your life like nobody's business. And I'm not promising you a lid for your pot. But I thank God that he broke off something for me and gave me Gail Rogers. Amen, amen. I can hear uh, the old saints in uh, Redalia say right now, won't he do it? Won't he do it? But did you ask the question, what do you want with me, Lord. If you don't ask the question, you won't get the answer.